Gemini Major, done did it again, son. It's a vibe. Fresh breakfast on Metro FM. Hashtag mad about Africa. Every Thursday, we hang out with Africans doing great things, especially globally. Today, we're hanging out with Mpumi Nobiva, born in Rosettenville in Jersey. At the age of nine, she lost her mother to AIDS-related complications. Reared in material poverty but spiritual wealth by her grandmother, she excelled academically. Mpumi was admitted to the inaugural class of the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls in 2007. She graduated in 2011 amongst the top of her class. It was all part of a communal expectation from Mpumi, whose name means success in Isizulu. After matric, Mpumi went to the U.S. to study at Johnson C. Smith University, where she majored in interdisciplinary studies with a focus on global outreach, public rhetoric, and strategic communications. She graduated top of her class and has obtained a presidential scholarship worth $60,000 from High Point University, where she studied to earn a master's degree in strategic communications. Over and above her studies, Mpumi is an international motivational and empowerment speaker, sharing her personal story of overcoming odds to empower and inspire others. Ever the globetrotter, she is out in New York City right now. Please make some noise <laughs> for the one, the only, Mpumi Nobiva! Hi, Samanani. Hey, Fresh. Hello, girl. How are you doing? Hi, I'm well, thanks. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm happy that uh, we haven't lost you to a twang yet. Oh, please. It would take a lifetime yes. for me to with my accent. Yes. yes. Welcome to Fresh How Breakfast. Is everyone We're good. We're good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I've been looking forward to this. Now, you're not only a phenom, you're a legacy in the making. How do you introduce yourself? How would you like to be, how would you like to be addressed? <laughs> Guys, I'm just my grandma's child, hey? <laughs> you're just an I'm African child in the U.S. Yeah, I'm just my grandmother's child. All these other things are like complicated. You know, yes. I was raised by a beautiful, strong, Kosa woman, Umampele, Viviana yes. Ranodiva, and, uh, you know, she stepped in when my mom had died and my father left when I was a baby, so I was orphaned. And mm. uh, this is how I came to know the world, through the strength of this woman. And, uh, you know, I'm privileged because I come, I was born in 1993, and so I think a lot about what it means to be born during that time. And, you know, South Africa in itself has such a beautiful legacy and an aura about it that mm. already, I think, prepaves for what, what, what meets us as we continue to trail our own places and, you know, sort of uh, aspire to reach our wildest dreams internationally. So, sure. yeah, man, I'm just my grandmother's child out here, trying. L- looking trying. at where you are in your life today and where it all began, mm-hmm. you know, from your mom telling you that she's sick and she's not going to be, a, a, you know, around for long, what advice would you give to your nine-year-old self, knowing what you know today about your future? Mm, I would say I would say keep going exactly as you are because, you know, um, it's crazy because, you know, in, in my nine-year-old mind, what I saw my mother go through translated to me as if I don't do the things that I've promised her I'll do, if I'm not good to my grand, if I don't go to school, if I ever stop believing in God because I grew up in church and that was, you know, my uh, safe haven, 
I thought I would turn out exactly like her in the sense that I literally thought if I missed a day of school, I would get sick and end up, you know. And so the things that were meant to break me ended up being my saving grace because it's because of those hardships and those circumstances, I believe, that I was um, I was uh, more inclined to, to be careful, to listen to my grand, to, you know, mm-hmm. take heed to my mother's advice because... That actually is what ended up saving me. I, I grew up in the streets of Rosettenville. I was born in Zonkizizo Township, but mm. you know Rosettenville still has one of the highest pro- child prostitution rates, drug, drug, drug abuse. You know, so it's, I'd say to any nine-year-old that any hardship you, you're seeing right now is shaping you and training you for the greater and bigger version that mm. you are here to, to become. So stick it through and have faith. If you don't mind sharing with us, what did Mama say to you when you were nine? Um, you know, I came home from school one day, and um, she was sitting on the bed. She had been home a couple more months. Thank you. A couple more months than she would usually be. And she, you know, told me to come sit down. She wanted to talk to me. Mm. And when I did sit down, she said, you know, um, Oh, Mama, we are called Zoshona. You know, she was one of the quarter million who died in the early 2000s because of the policies that came out of uh, President Mbeki's time. Mm. And, um, you know, she knew, a lot of people knew at that time that uh, there were no antiretrovirals or that they couldn't reach their their neighborhood. And so she, she sat and she had a conversation with me. And I didn't know what AIDS was, but I knew what Ukshona is yes. because the year before she had been pregnant with my little brother or some kid. And so when she said the word Shana is when I, I got a little emotional, you mm. know, I got a little, because I knew what she had meant. But yeah. um, she, she quickly held me by the face and she said, you know, you must, be, you must go on because you will be different. So, you know, you've got to promise me that you'll work hard in school, that you'll be good to Ukok or your grandmother and that you'll just never stop believing in God. And so I made those promises and I, for, for a whole year, that conversation was my secret because mm. I was so afraid. Mm. You know, uh, growing up in a family where these sort of things are not easily um, a conversation, yes. you know. Um, but that, that that would become my saving grace. That would become the reason that um, I was never much of a difficult child or yes. my grandmother never had to work really hard to convince me to go to school, you mm. know. So that it was a tough conversation. But now I look back and I, I think of it, you know, my mom had to be someone really special. She was 25 years old when she sat down with me. Mm. And there are people who are three, four, five times their eight, her age and can't sit with their truth the way that she was able to, to yes. the point where she can talk to somebody she loves and reckon with a reality. And that's the work that I now work to, to try and bring forward in the world and saying, let's recognize the humanity in one another. Yes. Just because somebody is HIV positive does not mean we should stigmatize. They still life worth fighting for. Mm. Just because a woman has been abused doesn't mean we should give up on them. Because my mom showed me that even in the darkest of adversity, we can still find hope and we can still be a light. And through story and language, we can still connect in a deeper and more meaningful way. That is the voice of Mpumi Nobiva. She's out in New York City, international motivational and empowerment speaker. More from Mpumi after this. Metro FM is where you're at. We have our guest. She's out in uh, New York City because that is how she rolls. Mpumi Nobiva is a motivational speaker and communication strategist. Her Twitter profile bio says, My story is that AIDS took my mother, not my spirit. 
Sisanda on Twitter says, Mpumi is making me cry such powerful words. Miss Cougar says, Mpumi, I'm so proud of you, ever so eloquent, intelligent and passionate. I always knew that you wanted, you always knew what you wanted from school and you'd always unapologetically go after it. You'd heed, you'd heed your calling and watching you fills me with immense joy. You are loved. That is from Miss Cougar. Njabulo says, thanks for putting Pumi on the line. I'm a gay man living with HIV for over nine years now, and I am not afraid to converse about it. And I think it's high time we have these conversations often. Please welcome mm. back Pumi. Pumi, welcome back. Oh, man. I'm in the field. I'm in my feelings right now. <laughs> that is so special. I know Miss Kuga, that's no trouble. Hey, girl. Thank you for the love. That's special. Thank you. Now, you were oh. one of the first lot of kids that were at the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy. How did you hook up with Mama Oprah? Um, I was discovered, actually. And that was the case for, I'd say, pretty much everyone in the first two classes. Yes. We were discovered because it was such a phenomenon. I mean, you know, a woman from America coming here to build a school for girls like us. Yes. She wanted us girls who had seen hardship girls who had still some amount of hope and resilience and uh, she knew how to specify what she wanted and for our teachers in my case I I had my teachers um, come over and approach me saying that you know uh, this woman is coming to build a school in South Africa I didn't know her I knew her as the woman from Didi (laughs) I had no idea of her impact or work yes and um, you know it changed my life changed my life. I can still remember the, the conversation actually with my teachers and say, it's a boarding school, you'd be safe, you should apply, and I applied. Mm. Now, yeah, you've, pretty much, you've pretty much been top of your class throughout your education career. Tell us about... Uh, well, at that... first I was among the top. <laughs> yeah, okay, you, <laughs> made... you used to be one of my top 10. Now, even in the US, <laughs> you're kicking everyone's butts. Tell us about your work ethic <laughs> and on days where you don't want to do anything, but you know you have to keep mm. at it. Right. Um, you know, uh, man, my grandmother worked so hard fresh. I would, uh, you know, I grew up in one room, in Salema Romini, so I would see everything. My grandmother would be up at four or five, you know, to go clean houses and, you know, five houses, three houses, and she'd come back and still somehow manage to keep the house functioning and make sure that I'm doing my homework and my uncles weren't in the streets causing trouble. And I don't know, like to see someone work at that, at that capacity for me has always felt like I have no excuse because mm-hmm. I already had her and that strength in my corner. Yes. And, um, you know, what I, what I, what I fought to do, what Nomsa was speaking about, um, uh, what I fought to do at school was to always bring myself, my whole being into the things I do. You know, it makes no sense that I should just study uh, a subject if I'm not able to place it into context with my own life and be able to add meaning. And I've I've brought that same approach into my workspaces, into the companies I work for. And so it always feels like I'm doing what I love. It always feels like I'm doing what's important and what is in alignment with my higher purpose. And that that is that, that fuels you. It sustains you. It carries you. You know, and um, uh, on days where things are hard, I, I have a, an incredibly support system, incredibly like supportive system of people, of women, of networks that are always just ready 
mm. to, to, to hold me, you know, because no man is an island. Mm. Um, but I can't come this far in life as anything that I'm against. So we just push, you know, every day. And of course, my mom was 25, like I said, when she was diagnosed and she was gone by 27 and I'm 25 this year. Mm. And so I count each day as a blessing and I count the life that I live as an incredible blessing because I know that it would be any other way. You know, I get goosebumps with every single thing that you say. So maybe you can stop now. <laughs> what a woman. Jeez. I'll, I'll, I'll take it easy. <laughs> what, what, are you, what, what are you packing? What does Mpumi have for breakfast every morning? Uh, I love smoothies. I like kale smoothies. Um, I wake up um, usually up at 4.30. Um, and uh, I like to have my spiritual moments where I set my intention for the day. I, I study, I'm a, I'm a huge scholar, you know, I study a lot of the liberation movement. I study Nelson Mandela a lot. I study world leaders, but I also study metaphysics. I, I'm always into the universe and how it supports us, just mm. positive vibes. And then I do my meditation and I try to go to the gym, but I don't do that every day. Yeah. Um, but in the, in the mornings, I'll have my smoothies, kale smoothies. I like to keep it light. I can't eat a lot of starch because it just weighs me down. I like light foods. I like mm. foods that give me energy and you know, um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just my vibe. I'm always uh, levitating one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. We just move like that. A lot of times we wake up and we know that, okay, I must go to work. I must go to school. I must go to college. I must go look for a job. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you caught my attention that you wake up and you state what your intentions for the day are. Why is that important for you? Yeah. Because I think a lot of the time we just live day to day with no with no purpose, with no intention. And until you have a goal for the day, why bother with the day, for right. instance? Yes. Well, I've had several teachers teach me about these things, and not even teachers in the sense that they're in my life, but I'm a scholar, so I'm always looking to see who's doing what. And yes. I remember Kobe, Kobe Bryant when he was awarded... He wrote a speech called 4 a.m., you know, saying thank you to all those 4 a.m.s when you wake up at 4 a.m. and you're in the gym preparing before everybody else is there. You know, um, there's something about being prepared, Jay-Z, 444. Again, it speaks to the hourly. There's a whole corporate thing here about corporate, you know, um, corporate executives being up that early. But one person who really put it in great context is a neurologist, a brain doctor by the name of Jim Quick. Mm. And he speaks about our brains as this organ for creation. We are creators. We're here to create. We're here to manifest. We're here to make things. So when we wake up in the morning, when we wake up and we look at our screens, we immediately program our brains and our minds into reactive mode. When we should be waking up and giving ourselves a beat to, first of all, say thank you for this day. that mm. I have another chance go at my dreams mm. but I have another chance to love deeper to connect deeper and then who do I want to be today yes mm. of course there are lots of things that may have happened yesterday that I can't change and there are many things I can sit here and lament or hopeful for the future but right now in this moment who do I want to be I'm fresh I just woke up later I want to be a leader I want to be a disruptor of old systems and an introducer and an innovator of new ways mm. and so when I set those intentions it informs every part of my being. My posture immediately improves because now I'm in perspective yes. of this is the essence I want to bring into the day. And so Kobe, his analogy is perfect. He says, you know, it's like war. There's a Chinese parable that says it's like preparing for war. There are soldiers who will prepare for war and there are soldiers who just wake up in the middle of the war. Yes. Which ones 
do you think succeed? You know, be, be, so uh, be, be about, deliberate. Uh, your life. Be deliberate, in, deliberate in every yes. single day. Yes. Everything you do, everything that's that's certainly something Miss Winfrey taught me um, yes. is intention, having yes. intention, and being mindful in everything you do because everything is connected. And be present. And Don't just go of, through it. Yes, yes, you have to be present because you have to draw the lessons. You have to draw the information. Life has so much information for us constantly here to mm. help us grow. And when we're not present, that's why we find ourselves going through the same problems, dealing with the same people, dating the same kind of nonsense people, because we're not paying attention. We're mm. actually not tracing from our own behaviors yes. how we are putting forth energy and vibe that attracts the very things we don't want in our own lives. You know? And so my mornings are for that. And so... I love it because when, when people wake up around 8, I feel like I've been at it. I feel like I'm in very great perspective of what my day is. Yes. And um, by, by 6, 7, I'm starting to wind my day down. Um, by 8, 9, I'm not even on my phone anymore. I'm just mm. like with my journaling or whatever, you know. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of mindfulness to, be, to, to function the, the way I've, I've had to learn to function. Please write a you book. Know, it's coming, it's I will buy it. I will buy copies for everyone I know. <laughs> Write a book and for me, please. Oh, please. I will. I promise I'm working on something. I'm working on something for South Africa. You know, South Africa's home to me. And the, the case of us falling back into a recession has not set well in my heart. Mm. Uh, unemployment is at an all time high, unemployment at 26.7. And so all of these um, realities on the ground inform who I am internationally. And uh, I'm all the more motivated to be a voice for the most relegated and to also share the knowledge that I have. You know, I'm trying to figure out a way to vlog or have a, a podcast where I can share these sort of things that mm. I know that uh, my peers would find to be so helpful because I do sure. have a privilege with the mentors and the people that I have in my life, for sure. Before we let you go, you're in New York City right now. You're embarking on a tour. Please tell us about yes, it. Yes, I'm in New York. Um, well, I came in for um, Kusula Foundation. It's led by Josina Marcel, Mama Krasa Marcel's daughter, yes. who you know is a survivor of domestic violence. We came in to show support for that uh, organization. Um, and I usually come in for UN or UN-related events, and I decided that I wanted to be around. I saw that there were lots of South Africans in town. Mm. It's a great time for us as young people to convene, uh, obviously to share good vibes, but also to just uh, collaborate, man. It's, you know, it's time to, to really clinch the, the economics of who we are and really be very deliberate about the business we do and how all of it funnels back home mm. because um, we can't get this far and, you know, um, sort of distribute ourselves. I think the point is for us to unify ourselves so that we can be stronger for the people at home. We can represent them in the best light, but also go back with resources, go back with tangible solutions to some of the most complex problems that we're facing right now as a society in South mm. Africa. Mm. On a slightly different note, Mbumi, I can hear you still speak Isizulu Gahe with no American twang. Who are you speaking to that side? <laughs> are you speaking to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, but on a serious note, how are you keeping the Zulu alive, being so far from, from South Africa? 
Yazini, if I keep it real with you, I watch Uzalo every day of my life. I'm on YouTube and wow. I watch Uzalo. So I try to keep up and yeah. uh, you know, I have some sisters here. No was my best friend. Yeah. Uh so but we pride ourselves, you know. I think for a lot of people internationally Africa has just become sexy because you mm. watch Black Panther and we're suddenly beautiful. But for us, we've always known our beauty. Yes. And, uh, you know, language is also fun because mm. obviously, if I was going to say freely. True. where do we find you online? Where do we get more of you? Um, there's my website, which I personally designed. I like to put that out there because I want everybody to know who wants to ever make a website for themselves that there are platforms that exist for you to have a name for yourself. Yes. I use Squarespace for mine. So I have live, and then of course there's a uh, social media, which is um, at mbumi underscore noviva. I, I try to, to make myself as accessible, as accessible as possible to people. And I'd like to think that uh, we've been successful in just maintaining open mm. communication lines where I hope people feel comfortable coming to me yeah. uh, with uh, ideas around uh, social development because that is my heart's passion. And for me, you're a powerhouse. I hope the world is ready for you. Very few guests ever leave my heart swole. Mm. My heart is very swole oh, right now. You. And uh, please keep at it, man. Keep talking, keep teaching, keep inspiring, and keep well. watching Uzalo on, on YouTube because <laughs> yeah. we can't have you twanging <laughs> in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mpumi Nobiva is about to leave the building. What a woman. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yo. Yeah.